Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My JavaScript Story. This week, we're talking to Thorsten Lundborg. Hello. Sorry, my German pronunciation is awful. Ah, that was that was all right. It was it was all right. Yeah, you you can patronize me. My ego's not that small. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Anyway, do you want to introduce yourself? Give people an idea of who you are and why you're famous? And <laughs> well, oh, I don't know if I'm famous, but... Well, um, my name is Thorsten Lundborg. I'm from Germany. Um, most people that do know me probably know me as a Vue.js core team member, which I am since uh, July 2016, some, something around that. And yeah, uh, in my day job, I'm more more of a product owner role, so not really programming that much, but maybe I'm getting to that. <laughs> right. So um, we had you on episode 22 of Views on View, which is our View podcast. And uh, we've kind of been going back and talking to people from the uh, framework shows to come on my JavaScript story. And then, of course, we're getting people who have been on JavaScript Jabber as well. But uh, yeah, so we talked a bit about uh, your background there and probably we'll have some crossover between the two. But yeah, we'll probably ask a few different questions as well. Now, what, where do you work? I'm working at a, one of the bigger uh, energy, uh, energy providers in Germany. Uh-huh. Um, and we, uh, and there I'm like, I'm responsible for the, the business customer uh, application where like all the like uh, big customers that we have that have like a lot of places that consume um, commodities, they can like uh, check out all their uh, their load, uh, the load of their, their their places and stuff. Yeah, so it's it's not like a public application. It's more like a consumer portal for business business uh, businesses. Yeah. Gotcha. And how did you get into that, or how did you wind up at that company? Um, well, actually, uh, I, I studied business engineering, so I don't have real education in programming or anything. And uh, I specialized into like uh, everything within the energy sector just by by luck when like the first the first uh internships that i had were in in such a company and the first job that i had after my diploma was in such a company and so yeah um i just just, uh landed there because it also because it interested me because it was like uh, it was an old and like old-fashioned uh economy in, in in one sense but uh since in germany everything was just about to was just being broken up like 10 years before that um, and was privatized. Uh, it was also very much going on and very much growing. And Germany also being one of the uh, on the forefront of like wind and solar energy in terms of uh, 
the percentage of wind and solar energy that we're consuming or that we're producing in our country um, was also interesting to me. So uh, this is why I originally got into this uh, into this uh, company. Um, but I got into this company um, as a product manager for service uh, for the services that we are providing to wind 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 uh, windmills. I think you call them in English. So nothing IT related there. But I quickly um, just because I have all the self-taught background and the knowledge, um, and they were looking for someone who knew the the energy stuff but also knew the how to work with it systems and projects and so on um i quickly ended up like um working in a bigger project that was uh, setting up like a new what do you call it like customer relationship management and all that stuff right yeah and so that sparked my interest and uh, a few years after that like three years ago i switched into the, the department that is doing all of the it projects um yeah this is basically how i ended up there cool very cool now, I, I kind of want to back up a little bit and uh, get your background. First of all, just well, what's life like in a day of uh, Torsten's life? I mean, what, what do you do day to day besides just programming? Um, well, I don't actually do that much programming because my, my day job is mostly focused uh, on the product owner role in like Scrum. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So um, most of my day is actually uh, about like user stories, um, being in contact with stakeholders, uh, planning all the next uh, topics that we want to tackle in the team uh, and stuff like that. So I'm not really doing that much programming. I'm Unfortunately, I, I re- I'm really missing it. And I, so this is also why I'm so big in, in open source and invest so much time because it's something that I miss in the day job. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm mostly on the on the strategic side of the, of the, of the development process, I would say. I gotcha. So how did you get into programming? Well, when you invited me to this podcast, I was really thinking about what the first thing was that I programmed. And I'm a bit torn between a contact form for my aunt's website. So the very, very classic (laughs) PHP contact form um, on some some GeoCities website or something. I don't Uh know. Or it was some, some... there, there was an old IRC chat client that's called MIRC, mm-hmm. uh, and I was hanging out a lot of these rooms. And so, and, and this client has its own little scripting language that is a bit, a really tiny bit like JavaScript. Uh, and with this, you can theme it and you can program your own commands for it. And I think I also uh, very quickly started to to dabble in in, in this and just write uh, MIRC scripts for all of the people in my crew, so we could manage our chat rooms and whatever. Um, yeah, that was uh, like, I would say it was like around 13 or 14 years old. Oh, wow. And what was it that uh, drew you to that particular arena of programming or just programming in general? <sighs> that specific, specific arena? Well, um, I was always I was always curious and I was always interested in it. I don't, I can't really explain why. It's just um, satisfying to me. It's just um, some sort of brain exercise that is rewarding because you can mm-hmm. produce something very quickly and it's also of course it's always this emotional roller coaster between off why is this can i swear on this podcast <laughs> um, uh, why why is this not working and the frustration and then like five minutes later everything's working and you're and you're telling yourself oh god i'm god i'm i'm, I'm making all of this stuff work and so uh, this 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 feeling or this emotional roller coaster like drew me to this just because I could be in my room and at the time I often was in my room because um, 
school wasn't always fun at that time and uh, it was kind of a way to be to do something to, to create something um out of nothing in a way um and i think i started with these strange mirc scripts because i did i, I have this problem of not not being very creative with uh, coming up with side projects and i'm also not very good at focusing on them unless they really really interest me so i'm very bad at writing an application in order to learn something i can only really do it if i like have an interest in the actual thing that i'm doing well and these mrc chats people had a real need for somebody who would like write these scripts so they could we could manage all of the all of the things that were going on in in there and so i thought okay i will i will learn this this is a good opportunity to to, to like to be a programmer in a way mm -hmm. cool so you get in, you're, you're writing uh, MIRC scripts and um, building contact forms for your aunt. How did you wind up getting into JavaScript? Um, well, getting into JavaScript was, was not too, too long ago, actually. Um, I had a phase in between where I got into Ruby on Rails because I tried to learn PHP and build stuff with it. Um, and then for a couple of years in school, when like uh, all of the partying, drinking, girls and all of that stuff came up it just like toned down and disappeared for a few years and then when i came back to to programming uh, ruby on rails was the, like the new hot thing in town and javascript still hasn't hadn't like developed the 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 impact that it has today uh and so i was learning ruby on rails um and then this also faded when my studies uh, got intense uh, at university and uh so like i don't know like five years ago probably i don't know why exactly nothing big happened in but i just felt that i want to get into programming again because i was missing this this uh this emotional roller coaster that i was talking about and i was looking at ruby on rails but i was thinking hey yeah i don't think i'm really the back-end guy i really find it more interesting to do something in the front end and i was realizing that in the time that it was absent, all of these great frameworks appeared. Like React was the new kid on the block, more or less. Angular was at version 1.2 at the time, I think. Um, right. And oh, 1.3, they didn't have components yet, so it was before 1.5. And I think Vue just had its 1.0 release like a couple of weeks before or something. And yeah, uh, I just I was just essentially just screening like the the things that I was would find on Google on blogs on Reddit on uh, some websites that I that I that I found uh, was just trying to get through a few tutorials to just learn it in a way um, because when I did Ruby on Rails I of course also had to do a little bit of JavaScript but back back in the, those days uh, you had a lot of helpers from from Rails that would do a lot of the animations and stuff and so you only had to do a little bit of like jquery to sometimes select this mm -hmm. element and pass it to this plugin and the rest is just happening on its own so it's, it wasn't really like i was really understanding javascript i was just able to like make it work from a readme yeah whatever like plugin i was using I, I know how that goes i got into programming through beyond rails as well so yeah one of the things that i find that we talk a lot about at the different conferences and the different things that I'm working on is open source software. And a lot of people have a lot of ideas around open source software, but we don't often think about the people who are building it and trying to maintain it. 
And I had a friend, John, who came to me. He's been a guest on JavaScript Jabber a couple of times. He came and he actually said, hey, Chuck, I wish there was a show about sustaining open source. And that really hit me where I live. And I have a few other friends who are working on projects related to this. So we all got together and we put together a show called Sustain Our Software. You can find it at sustainoursoftwarepodcast.com. And it's a place where several people who are passionate about open source come together and have conversations about how it can be sustained and how it can be maintained and what we can do to help these maintainers continue to deliver us value that we build our software on. Most of the software we're building is based on open source. And so it's important to us to have that maintained and have it taken care of. Come check it out. It's been really interesting to listen to the conversations that they're having from people who are working in it all the time and just hear what they have to say about it. Once again, that's at sustainoursoftwarepodcast.com. And so I think, so first I thought, okay, yeah, I did JavaScript uh, when I did Ruby, so that can't be too hard. But um, the Angular tutorial totally frustrated me because I couldn't get through it. <laughs> um, well, at the time, I really didn't know much about JavaScript. And in the process of going through these tutorials, I picked up a lot of stuff very quickly. Um, right. So so this isn't so much Angular's problem as it may, may, may sound. But Angular was, unfortunately for Angular, uh, it was the first framework that I that I found and that I, that I tried to learn. And right. it didn't go well. We had to part ways uh, very quickly because all of these trends trans stuff and scopes and uh, directive translucers and whatever. Yeah. I, I had no idea what they were talking about. Then I tried to, to understand React and React is really, React is really simple in a way. It's really small, has nice small API. It, you can't get it in a way very quickly, but I didn't get stuck with it because I didn't understand what Babel was and why I needed mm -hmm. it to do this strange HTML in, inside of JavaScript. At that time, it didn't make any sense to me because I missed this whole phase of this thing even coming up uh, before. Uh, and right. I, was just, I was just looking for something to like uh, put in a code pan and just play with it. And so, so I ended up with Vue. Yeah. While picking up Vue, I just learned JavaScript in, inside out. I just got into this. I often have these, I often have these like phases where I just find, find something that is interesting me. And then like for, for weeks, I obsess about it. This can be something very strange, like something about physics. And then I'm watching all of the YouTube videos that I can find or some right. sort of something about business or whatever. In this occasion, it was JavaScript, JavaScript. So I was just reading everything about JavaScript that I could find. Like I got a couple of books and some sales. I could, Read tutorials. I, wrote, I googled Stack Overflow up and down. Yeah, and then I started like to answer questions on the View forum because I didn't know what else to do with View at the time, being very uncreative with side projects. So I just, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I'm empty. I have nothing to do with this. I know how to use it, but I have nothing to do with this. So I just got to the for went to the forum and just answered, started answering questions, and yeah, yeah. That, that is actually how I started learning JavaScript and Vue at the same time, more or less. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it was like that compact in reality, but in my memory, it's like it was very close together. Right. So, yes, you're, you're participating in the forum and you're learning JavaScript and you're learning Vue. And at this point, were you doing the product owner role or no. were you actively doing development somewhere else or? No, nothing. 
nothing. I was I was being a I was being a product manager for services for windmills at this company, uh, which was suiting my the stuff that I had studied business engineering with a focus on like renewable energies and stuff. Right. So I was doing what I was I had studied for, but it wasn't that satisfying. Uh, and probably for that reason, I started picking up JavaScript and focusing a lot of my free time on, on the whole open source stuff because right. it was like it was a it was a was a, a way to like put put all the things that I lo- was learning to to good use without having to write a whole uh, a whole application like uh, in the beginning because I didn't have a side project. So and I haven't I haven't really worked as a as a programmer full time in any capacity ever since. Um, I'm maybe, maybe, well, I'm using it day in, day out in a way, but, um, it's not like the, 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 the focus of my job. Right. Right. And I don't think, uh, if it ever will be, I want to do more programming, but at the same time, I'm very like interested in all the strategic stuff and all of the, uh, a little bit of the business side that is going with the product owner role, even though it's very stressful with all of the stakeholders and meetings and war. Um, <laughs> yeah, but sometimes really, sometimes I, sometimes I, uh, I talk to, to the developer guys and the team and I just say, sometimes I so envy you because you can just, uh, you go to your sprint meetings and your sprint plannings and then you get your tickets and then you get home and then you, get, you get, just get to program. Uh, well, I have to go to all these meetings and talk with all of these people who don't understand why something isn't deliverable in a week. Yeah. But on the other side, it's very rewarding in a way because you have like, you can, come up with a vision and come up with a concept and come up with, with, with like the whole roadmap of ideas. Um, right. And well, not everybody is following Scrum strictly. So not every company uh, developers are strictly focused on either doing the programming or someone doing the, the vision. This get mixed in some places, of course. So maybe mm-hmm. there's a position for me, but um, yeah, I don't think that I could be in, in just the developer role, not to say just the developer, but like I'm interested in both worlds. So I'm not really able to commit to one. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So uh, you are on the core team. So what, what do you do for the core team then? What do I do for the core team? Well, uh, I joined the core team because of uh, all the stuff that I was doing on the forum. So I joined the core team just as like um, a community representative. Um, who was okay uh, at the pulse of uh, of the community that was in large part like happening on the forum that that Evan you had set up for for view and um yeah over time i just picked up uh, more and more confidence started writing pull requests not so much for view core itself but for the router for ux for view cli for the webpack templates and so forth and right now i'm just uh, either working on the view cli or um still doing a lot of answering on the forums yeah that is that is probably my focus right now one of my two focus points yeah i'm doing a, some talking some 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 uh like talks on conferences uh, i had my first uh bigger talk in QGS amsterdam uh in february which was pretty amazing but yeah not not, not doing too many of these because um I'm not a developer advocate, so it's not really in my role in the in my job in my day job to like spend a lot of days uh, away from work uh, talking about view. So it's essentially my my own holidays. Nice. 
Yeah, but it's still fun to get out and be a part of the community and be involved. Yeah, in, of course. I would I would like to do it much yeah. more often, but uh, the current the current situation just doesn't doesn't allow me to. Yeah. And that makes sense too. I mean, you're filling a different role there. Than... Yeah, right, right. Of course. Yeah. yeah. It's not like I'm saying my my employer is. Uh, my... <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I, I'm just in the role, right? Yeah. No, I mean I've had the conversations with people where it was my my employer won't pay for me to go to conferences or my employer won't pay for me to get training, and it yeah you know but yeah if they were going to pay for your training and things like that, they'd be paying you to learn different things because of the role that you're filling there. Yeah. So it sounds like you have a pretty good pulse then on the view community. So what kinds of things are you seeing out there with all the folks who are involved in view? Oh, that's a broad question. Um, I'm seeing, uh, so one of the things that is, uh, well, okay. I, 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 I don't know much about the other communities in the sense that I haven't been to like an Angular conference or React conference or something. But so far, I'm really uh, happy that the community is a very friendly one, that I really haven't come across a lot of people that uh, like are in any way like talking down to people a lot or something on mm -hmm. the forums. So um, I also see a lot of people just being, I don't know. I, I forgot who who it was. Maybe it was Sean Larkin or somebody. Somebody at the conference said, um, "The view community is very special because people are the Angular people. Are sometimes are often complaining about the complexity. The React people are always fighting about the best new thing that is like uh, that they have to use now or they don't shouldn't be using. And view people are just happy and doing what they do. But that is of course not not the reality. But it was just I, I experienced it." My experience with Vue is just that um, we, it seems to hit a sweet spot for a lot of people uh, in terms of the amount of stuff that it does for you versus the amount of stuff that it leaves for you to do yourself. And so people are not always looking for the next thing that solves this big problem. They never, people rarely look for the next Redux or something because uh, we basically got it covered pretty well. Um, so we don't have these huge trends. It's more stable. Like, and yeah. if, if you want to turn it into a negative, you could say it's not as, um, it's not as uh, creative as the React community. So a lot of the things that, uh, a lot of the good things, a lot of the creative and, and the, and the um, new stuff is coming out of the React community out of this pressure of having to innovate because React doesn't do that much for you right. as, a, as a framework right it's a much smaller more focused library yeah so that is in large part my my, my experience with community it's just not as uh, trend driven but it's also not as uh, trendy in the in that way because uh, not of not all of the cool stuff is coming out of the u community necessarily but i think we have some cool stuff in, in view 3 coming up one of the biggest pain points that I find as I talk to people about software is deployment. It's really interesting to have the conversations with people where it's, I don't want to deal with Docker. I don't want to deal with Kubernetes. I don't want to deal with setting up servers. I don't, you know, all of these different things. And in a lot of ways, DevOps has gotten a lot easier. And in a lot of ways, DevOps has also kind of embraced a certain amount of culture around applications, the way we build them, the way we deploy them. And I've really felt for a long time that developers need to have the conversations with DevOps or adopt some form of DevOps so that they can take control of what they're doing 
and really understand when things go to production, what's going on so that they can help debug the issues and fix the issues and find the issues when they go wrong and help streamline things and make things better and slicker and easier so that they'll more generally go right. So we started a podcast called Adventures in DevOps. And I pulled in one of the hosts from one of my favorite DevOps shows, Nell Shamrell Harrington from The Food Fight Show. And we got things rolling there. And so this is more or less a continuation of The Food Fight Show, where we're talking about the things that go into DevOps. So if you're struggling with any of these operational type things, then definitely check out Adventures in DevOps. And you can find it at adventuresindevopspodcast.com. So yeah, so most of your work is then in the forums? Yeah, forums, issues, uh, pull requests, uh, triaging issues a lot, like discussing a lot with people. Like right now we have all of these uh, requests for comments up for, for all of the upcoming changes in View 3. And I'm very yeah. active there also with our, like uh, talking with people, answering questions, clarifying things that people aren't sure what they mean, all of this stuff. Yeah, so I, I really like uh, this this part because it's, I always, my mom always said I should have, should have uh, become a teacher or something because <laughs> I'm, I'm good at explaining stuff. And uh, well, I never wanted to teach kids, but maybe I can use this uh, supposed skill in, in this area. Yeah. So I really like, like interacting with people and finding out what their problems are and how they apply to the specific situation and how we can solve yep. them. Makes sense. Well, cool. Um, now I'm going to go back to the the first question I asked and, you know, so outside of work and outside of the view stuff, what kinds of things do you do? What, what does your day look like? You know, do you, a lot of times people are like, well, I get up with my kids or I have cats or I, I go ride my bike or, you know, things like that. So, I don't yeah. Know. yeah, well, uh, well, I'm living with my girlfriend. We don't have kids, but we have cats. We have three cats. So there's always a lot going on, even though we don't have cats. Uh-huh. Um, so typical day is like, I'm getting up. My girlfriend already has left for because she's working earlier than me. So I'm left feeding the cats. Um, I'm getting my bike. When the weather's good, I'm, I'm always like biking to work, commuting by bike, which is around, I would say, six miles. Okay. And six, yeah, six American miles uh, one way. So that's my daily workout as far as, uh, as long as the sun is shining, because I'm not one of these hardcore people who have like the, the, the weather, the rain, the rain coats and stuff or are going biking in winter. I'm a good weather biker. <laughs> good weather biker. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else do I do? Um, I'm trying to be, uh, to do a lot of sports, but it's always like ups and downs. Um, I, th- I want to get, uh, I once ran a half marathon and I want to do one again next year. So nice. yeah, that's, that's the goal for now. I'm, I'm doing okay in terms of uh, getting my, my fitness up, but I will get there. I will get there. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I, in the same sense, I'm also doing uh, some, some PlayStation gaming uh, with friends, but it's also up and down, like, we pick up a new game, we play it for a couple of weeks and then there can be months where I'm not touching it really. Yeah. Also Netflix, of course, I think yeah. it's pretty dominant <laughs> for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nothing, nothing too fancy to be, to be honest. I'm a boring guy. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's three, all good. Yeah. Three cats. 
Yeah, three cats who are always like. Uh, usually, I'm I'm surprised. Usually, whenever I'm at the desk and I and I have some someone here on Zoom or something and talking to someone, one of the one of the three is always like walking across the desk or trying to get into my lap. And I have right. to get them away. So, but so far we are not bothered by anybody. But they are watching me. Two oh, are watching me from the back. Yeah, yeah. And usually it's like I'm. So I'm working like till six in the evening. Usually six p.m. Getting home, getting on the couch, getting my MacBook, checking out issues, <laughs> checking out the forum, moving the Chinese posts that are not in the Chinese language category to the Chinese language category, which is my daily. <laughs> chore that i have to do in the forums. yeah <laughs> just this house yeah i've gotten emails from the from the forums and yeah it's in chinese or something and i'm like yeah well view is big in, in china as well and we have on the forums there's a chinese subcategory and um you can mute the subcategory so uh, if you mute it then you don't get the emails about this but oh, a lot a of uh, a, a lot of chinese people miss the fact that there's a special chinese subcategory for them so they post to the general uh, categories where the main language is English or the only language is English. And so I always have to move them. This is my daily chore, basically. Yeah. Then mm. I, then I get to talk to all of the other core members on the, on the Discord channel that we're having, checking out a few issues, maybe check out a pull request that I have come up with and try to get it finalized. But yeah, trying to come up with, yeah. So, and here's one cat. <laughs> nice. Oh, she arrived. Uh, oh, she's she's yeah. stepping on the, uh, she stepped on the on the keyboard. Yep. Yeah, cool. Well, um, let's go ahead and move into the the pick session section. Before we do that, though, um, how do people find you online if they want to ask you a question or see what you're doing? Or, well, um, the best thing for for general stuff is probably Twitter. I'm. You can find me on Linus underscore Borg. For everything else, view-related, probably the best thing to be would be to, to go to forum.egs.org, where you can usually find me. You can drop me a, a private message if you have a question. Uh, or, well, if you have a question about view, put it on the forum so other people can answer too. But if you want to ask me something private or want to talk to me, you can drop me a private message there. Yeah. I'm Landisborg without underscore on GitHub. If you want to check that out, yeah, I think that, it, that would be it. Cool. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do some picks. Uh, do you have some things you want to shout out about? Ooh, picks. Um, okay, so uh, pick number one would be the latest uh, season of Preacher, uh, which is um, a com. Uh, it's a series. is It's a show on Amazon Prime. It's uh, produced by Seth Rogen and and some other dudes, um, and it's a it's it's based on a comic, which is also called The Preacher, and it's pretty funny. And pretty violent, but it's really well done. It just had its uh, third or fourth season, and it's, it's going pretty great. Yeah, so that's uh, the pick for uh, watching TV. Um, my pick for uh, then I have a pick for gaming because in about less than three weeks, Borderlands Three is coming out, and I also have, and I already have taken Friday fourteenth off to have a three day weekend with my with my pals to play this game. It will be really awesome and. Well, uh, programming-wise, I'm pretty stoked about being uh, at VJS London in October, talking about the new composition API that we will be having uh, in Vue.js 3. 
Um, so people should also, uh, if they people don't know what this composition API is about, we have a request for comment up on GitHub slash Vue.js slash RFC. That's the repository where we collect all of these things. And if people are interested, they should check it out. They should ask questions. Uh, we are trying to answer them all. And we are very interested to get feedback on this. We had a first version of this RFC, which didn't go too well because we uh, didn't uh, stress the, the important points uh, in some areas, but we revised this, uh, put it together completely different, and it's going great so far from the community feedback side. Cool. I'm going to jump in with a few picks here. One is we just installed in my house um, some of the smart thermostats. Mm -hmm. And the the reason that uh, we got them where there were a couple, re couple of reasons. One was just that uh, the ones that we had were old and were starting to act funny. The other reason was that, I mean, I work from home, but my wife likes the house at like minus 50 degrees or something. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I mean, it's August and I'm sitting in my office wearing a hoodie, and a sweatshirt. And so, yeah. So she's like, she's always like, well, just turn it up. Right. And the problem is, is, I realize I'm freezing halfway through a podcast episode and I don't really want to get up and go turn it off. So, uh, so we're putting them in so that I can control it from my phone. You know, she can do the same thing. Um, they also have some scheduling features and some nice things like that. So, um, you know, when we go to bed, then it can set it back to sub zero so she can sleep. And I have like four <laughs> extra blankets on my, on my side of the bed, but yeah, anyway. Um, so yeah, they're, they're pretty nice. They're the Honeywell, smart thermometers i'll put a link in the show notes but uh that's usually it's the other way around right that's not well, like that's not how the cliche goes normally the cliche goes like uh the women are always freezing and so they always want to turn up the 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 temperature that's like the, yeah right well the, yeah that that was kind of the case for a while but over the last six months i've lost like 40 pounds and I just don't stand up to cold anymore. And it's funny because uh, I used... You lost your insulation, right? I did. I used to go outside in the middle of winter and I would shovel snow in shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> and I I can't do that anymore. So... It's a shame. Um, yeah, it's, it's really sad. But um, I, I feel a lot better. So I'm, I'm definitely uh, enjoying that. Um, I'm actually going to be running a marathon here in about six weeks. Oh, a marathon of oh, respect. Yeah. I don't think that I want to oh. do that any, any time. Like realistically, I think it's great and I could probably force myself to do it some way, but realistically, I yeah. don't really. Like the half marathon was doable, but I also got to my limits and oh. Two, two, two more hours? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Respect. Mad respect. Yeah. Well, uh, it's my first. So I had a couple people ask, what's your goal? And I was like, finish. <laughs> Get to the finish line. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so Saturday I ran 12 miles. And yeah, that was, that was pretty brutal. I was actually, it's funny because my recovery has been pretty, you know, give me a day on the long runs and I'd be fine. And I'm still, I'm still sore from the run on Saturday, mm. but yeah. So uh, I'm going to pick that as well. Uh, but yeah. So running a marathon and the, and the Honeywell um, thermometer 
So nice. All right, Torsten. Well, thank you for coming and talking to me. I'm going to encourage people to go listen to your episode on Views on View. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll wrap this one up and we will be back next week. Of course. Bye. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.